0: Welcome to Godsplaining, contemplative preachers, contemporary age. Each week, join the Dominican friars as they consider all things Catholic. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Godsplaining. My name is Father Patrick Mary Briscoe, and I'm an associate chaplain in Providence College and deputy senior editor of Alatea. Dot org. That's A-L-E-T-E-I-A.org, um, a Catholic News and Spirituality website. We'd love to have you reading things over there. Anyway, I'm joined today by a priest who's now rolling his eyes at me because apparently I've talked too much about myself already on the episode. Um, I'm joined today by Father Joseph Anthony Crest, the university chaplain um, for the University of Virginia.
1: Howdy, how, good to be back. I'm. I was rolling my eyes because... I was realizing, is this the first episode where you're dropping that title of a uh, assistant chaplain at Providence College?
0: Yeah, I think that's probably true. Yeah. Um, new that's a fun little change in my life.
1: Yeah, new job, new me, new year, new pandemic, new everything. Like let's do this. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <New> pandemic. <laughs>
1: hey, it happens like every few hundred years, so it's new in some sense, right?
0: Got my army of masks. I'm oh. ready to go for this
1: fall. I know it's like you got your utility belt you got like a mask you got hand sanitizer you got gloves a little uh what are those Clorox wipes ready to go like it's a new uh kind of protocol every time you leave the house before it's like okay I got my wallet I got my keys and then like cell phones came out and everybody's like oh I gotta have my cell phone but now it's like I need my mask I need my hand sanitizer it's just like a (laughs) whole new protocol uh just to leave your house nowadays
0: more than one time this week, I'm embarrassed to admit, uh, I will not tell you how many more times than one time it was, <laughs> but more than once I was, I've been walking out of the priory and realized that I need to go back in and get a mask.
1: Yeah. You, so, you, it, it's a real thing. You start seeing other people and you're like, why is everybody looking at me different? And they're like, oh, because they can't actually see my teeth right now. That's why. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Unclean
1: pretty much, pretty much, but no, it's, it's good. I mean, now that we're both in university chaplaincy um, it's, it's a fun time. I mean, I think for both of us, we're gearing up for such a crazy and um, unexpected um, semester that we don't know what we're doing um, because everything's changing. So fluid uh, fluidly uh, with how semester is beginning and and things like that. But there are some things that are always going to be constant, right? College kids are going to be college kids. Like, that they're going to be a handful no matter what the situation is.
0: Yeah, that's absolutely the case. Um, you know, for my part, I've taught a little bit over the past few years and I'm excited to be in direct ministry to students, um, you know, to provide the supports of the chaplaincy, because even though um even though we're facing the pandemic and there are variations on the virtues and vices. challenge us um you know i think my time in the classroom and being with students has prepared me to serve um you know in a deeper way with them this fall to really accompany them but you know like father was saying the pandemic has changed a lot of things in our lives but it hasn't completely uh undone our our various temptations and the virtues that correct them right so that leads to today's today's show which we we wanted to focus in we wanted to do a kind of deep dive into. into the virtue of temperance. I mean, so, so we kind of started with the pandemic and that's a fair place to start with this, vir- with this virtue um, as we think about temperance and the, the new challenges to temperance from the pandemic, um, right? So like, think of all the ways that, we, that we've been tempted to excess that are new from the pandemic. Um, you know, I think, I think Netflix binges, uh, that was already a thing, right? That was already of course, a temptation. Of course, yeah. But if you've had to spend any time in quarantine, um, you know, like your hosts here have uh, over various times. If you had to spend any time in quarantine, that is a real that opens wide the door, right, for Netflix binging. It um, is, uh,
1: you know, as one of my uh, favorite movie characters would once say, "It's a whole new world." It's, <laughs> I, I mean, when you're when you're there, and like the ability to interact with people, the ability to kind of leave um the confines of your property or whatever it may be i mean so many things you realize you're just trying to fill time and so whether it's netflix binging or you know just crushing an entire like can of pringles in uh, a single sitting or whatever it may be there's just like this constant desire to go to excess because you're like well i can't busy myself with normalcy so i'm just gonna go to town right now and it's insane yeah
0: I feel like the the fine line between the hour for coffee and the hour for wine. I feel like that I feel like that line is getting thinner and thinner and thinner. It moves around. you know it's not in a stable place. There used to be societal norms on when one would switch from coffee to wine, but <laughs> the I but switch I,
1: from caffeine to alcohol,
0: right like. I, I feel like, I feel like that's been that's been assaulted by the pandemic. I know that's been assaulted by the pandemic. I hear confessions. I know you all. <laughs> uh, so so the pandemic has brought its own. The pandemic has brought its own um, its own challenges. I mean, college students may be known for day drinking, and Darties, but uh, but this is coming. He's rolling his eyes because I just used the word darty, which you um, just picked
1: up from me about ten minutes ago, in the pre
0: in the pre <laughs> show, like.
1: Call it for what it is, okay? <laughs> I'm not gonna let you get away with using that one and trying to be cool and hip. Like, yeah, you at, stole that me. from me. I,
0: got, I got the lingo. Got it down.
1: Yeah, I'm trying to prepare you to enter into your first semester of campus ministry, dude. I picked that That's sucker. Right. I picked that sucker up like six weeks into ministry down here. I was like, "Darty, what's a darty?" <laughs> and they're like, "It's a day party." I'm like, "Oh, there's a oh. lot of
0: those, right?" Oh. They're like, "Uh-huh." <laughs> So there may be new challenges to uh, temp- temperance because of the pandemic and, and we're making light of them, but we should take them seriously and think like, okay, you know, as we begin to consider what the virtue looks like um, we can identify in our own lives, where the areas of excess are and think about what they mean, right? Because uh, as we'll see, the reason temperance is so important is because the, the material goods have a deep effect on the state of our soul. And, um, these more more than anything other uh, any any other pleasures of life, the pleasures of touch and taste, affect the tranquility of our hearts, right? Um, our our peace of mind, our our ability to be uh, stable and content before God.
1: A hundred percent. I mean, that's that's exactly what you're looking for—is that kind of peace and stability. Um, that yes. I think the students we work with the most, kind of that demographic, may have um, one of the largest struggles with uh, the vices against temperance, right? But even during uh, the pandemic, we see a lot of uh, the vices creeping up because if there isn't that kind of peace and stability from the virtue of temperance, then there's this desire to fill it with other pleasures, And I think this is, I mean, we see a lot of it coming from the overstimulation of our culture. You know, this kind of right. immediacy, immediate gratification, overstimulation in every, um, every avenue of one's life, that when those things get pulled apart, because they are fleeting, they, they evaporate, and part of the quarantine uh, has forced them to evaporate from, from our lives then there's this temptation to fill it with these immediate um excessive physical pleasures.
0: Right. That's right. And the sa- the satisfaction that God gives in the spiritual life is a different kind of joy. Mm-hmm. Um and mm-hmm. so the so the pleasures of food and of sex and of drink, they they offer a kind of immediate consolation um that is um that is uh directly directly known and desired, but because of, because of our nature, right. Um, you know, the, the, the first levels of our human nature, um, our our physicality. Um, but the fact is that we were not made for just these things. We, We were made for God. And so the, the pleasures of the spiritual life, um, although more removed than touch and taste and sex and drink and food and, um, any other way that you want to put the the things that are governed by the virtue of temperance? Um, although although the pleasures of the spiritual life are more removed than those things, um, they are greater. And so, what the virtue of temperance does is it allows us to govern our lives, to govern our souls, to govern ourselves um, in such ways to be prepared for those higher, um, for those higher goods, for those goods of the spiritual life. Right?
1: Yeah, and I think uh, we can talk about the virtue of temperance being these this kind of like moderation. Of physical goods or physical pleasures, uh, primarily the three primary ones, um, are, are food, drink, and sex. But when we talk about this moderation, is that there is a goodness to it, those physical pleasures are good, and that's part of the beauty of humanity is that we can delight in these physical pleasures, being you know, um, body soul composites made in the image and likeness of God. I mean, we can delight in a real and beautiful way in physical goods, so we don 't want to just like um, totally cut everything out right we don 't want to cut all physical pleasures out of our life, but we want to be able to like you say govern our desires for those in a proper way, uh, so that we are enjoying physical pleasures in the proper way with the proper people at the proper time to in order to give us the most, and ultimately that gives us uh, freedom I think also um, we talked, or I, there was another podcast that, uh, or episode that Father Gregory and I did uh, where we talked about prudence and mm-hmm. how it's the right. use of right reason in action, right? And we can, in a very kind of basic way, start talking about temperance as being kind of right reason with respect to physical pleasures. It's, it's very similar in that sense, but it's a, a specific understanding with uh, physical pleasures. At the same
0: time, yeah, that's that's great language. That's a, that's a uh, that's a great short definition. Right reason, with respect to right reason regarding right reason concerning physical mm-hmm. pleasures, right? Um, yeah. So if you're saying what is it, that's a great place to start.
1: And I think that then um, one of the things that we talked about on that other episode that I think maybe we can uh, discuss a little bit is kind of the misconception of what temperance is. Uh, I think when Our current society talks about temperance. It confuses it with being a prude and being like a wet blanket, you know? So if like, maybe you're not going to, you know, just get blackout drunk on a weekend, but maybe you're just going to have one drink or two drinks, you know, and then you're going to stop. It's like, what, don't you want to have fun? You know, I'm going to go to the uh, like Sushi King buffet. And for $9.99, I'm going to just gorge myself on every little California roll that can come out of that kitchen tonight. You know, I want all the Ron Swanson line, right, uh, where he's in the diner. He's like, I I want all the bacon and eggs that you have. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, "I, I think you misheard me, but I want all the bacon and eggs that you have. And it's like that kind of excess or you know, somebody who doesn't want to have sex on the first date and maybe wants to wait until they're married to that person and have that kind of stability of marriage and the total commitment to their spouse. They seem like this prude. They're like, "Don't you want to enjoy life? Don't you want to have fun?" So I, I think we want to like, <laughs> dare I say, temper ourselves from uh, thinking that temperance is just uh, being a wet blanket and a prude and just this very judgy like idea of i don't want to enjoy anything type of an idea it's about freedom but it's about enjoying it in the proper way
0: right for those of us that are living as christians today right you know we're, we're we're 21st century contemplative disciples um we have to we have to find ways of reappropriating the virtues and living them out and, um, and demonstrating the, the joy, the authenticity and the true joy of life that this way of life has. I mean, for me, that's one of the things that was so powerful about entering the order, right. Is because I saw immediately people, people who were doing this, you know, people, that were men that were my age that were, that were living this vision of life. Um, so, so that was one of the first places that, it, that I've seen it. But then if you look around, you can, you find other communities, uh, you know in in your campus ministry right at your newman center there might be that group of there might be that group of young people focused missionaries you know a great group of young people striving for this balance in their lives um so so we 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 have these kinds of um we have these kind of recourse uh we, we have these we have this possibility of recourse we we have different visions presented as to what living these virtues in an engaged adapted and contemporary way um, can, can be like, and I, I, think we should take them seriously, right? And and consider yeah. how, how we ourselves are are modeling that in our own lives, and not just giving in to the spirit of the age. You know, no. as as Christians, we have to constantly resist that, recognizing that we don't belong to this world, right? We we belong to heaven, um, we we belong to Christ. Um, and that's,
1: I mean, we we gain a lot of our understanding of these kind of cardinal virtues that we're talking about from ancient Greek philosophy. Right, and they're striving for uh understanding the human person and excellence of 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 the human person in that sense, but it's elevated within the Christian life because now it's not just um about perfection here on earth, but it's about union with God, you know, and it's about uniting ourselves to how he's um re- revealed himself to us, both in this life and in the world to come. And so these, these virtues take on a greater significance now, because it's not just about earthly perfection, but it's about perfection of the uh, image of God and our union with him.
0: Amen. No, I think that's a great place to take a short break. Um, So we're going to take a couple minutes, regroup and come back to you after this. This is God's Get up to date on all our latest episodes at opeast.org slash Welcome back to God's Plaining. As we said, we've been talking about the virtue of temperance, um, where we're at right now because of the pandemic, how there are unique ways, unique challenges rather to temperance and unique ways we can practice it. And we just left off um, considering the, the real way that temperance is countercultural you know that oftentimes temperance has this reputation of being um uh being being anti-life right being opposed to our our full experience of everything that is um everything that's proper to us in the human condition and again this is why the virtue of temperance is so important to understand definitionally that temperance does not mean a total resistance to these goods that are proper to us as human beings right but rather a measured resistance so when father Joseph Anthony said, "Well, well, temperance. I think temperance is um, enjoying enjoying these pleasures, especially touch and taste, um, according to right reason. This is key. You know, where, where we understand that there's um, there's a way that we can there's a way that we can indulge that that is in fact reasonable. So temperance has in order in order to be a temperate person, temperance has three allies, right? Three three sub virtues. We can call them three allied virtues. And I, and I think it'd be good at this point to dive into those. So um, so a little bit about tell us a little bit about sobriety father joseph anthony what is what does sobriety mean what does it look like in christian life yeah i think today especially
1: i mean we, we kind of thrown this these phrases around earlier in the first segment but um we're going to be primarily focusing on food drink and sex and so when we talk about sobriety it's about drink it's about alcohol right you know it doesn't take one long in this world to realize the that alcohol can have a huge effect on the human person. Um, And it affects who we are as individuals. It affects how we were created. Um, But it also can enliven the spirit, right? It can bring joy to one and to let us rejoice. But when it goes to an excess, it becomes problematic. Um, And I talk uh, with a lot of our college students, because this is very prevalent on uh, university campuses in the United States, across the nation. Um, But when we talk about why is drunkenness bad? And it's because it, it inhibits the person to use their intellectual faculties, their ability to make judgments, to use reason. And that is a direct offense against God. Because it's those intellectual faculties of intellect and will that are primarily the image of God and how we're made. And so if we intentionally dull the ability to use that, dull our ability to be a human person, then we're ripping the image of God away from us. And that's that's hugely problematic, right? Um, for just the sheer uh, purpose of going to excess with alcohol. So when we talk about... You know, sobriety, it's about that kind of moderation of enjoying the physical pleasure of drink and alcohol, but not going to the extreme to where we lose our personhood in a real sense.
0: As an undergraduate, I discovered and have loved ever since that great toast by the French historian and literary critic Hilaire Bloch. Wherever the Catholic sun doth shine, there's always food and good red wine. At least (laughs) I've always found it so. Benedicamus, Dominic. I I love that toast. And I think it's true. I've heard you give that toast more than once. Yeah, I've heard (laughs) you give that (laughs) toast
1: more than once.
0: There's something about Catholic life, right, that that knows that the enjoyment of good drink is an expression of community and of being together and um, laughter and uh collegiality. you know, all of those things, right? Like if you've if you've you've shared in a drink, you've shared in something. And yet, um, yet when we overdo it, we we offend the thing that God has given us that makes us different from the rest of creation. Yeah. And so um, you know, that's why I always cringe at that at that meme. Um, I'm sorry for what I said when I was drunk, you know, or yeah. or any 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 kind of anything that refers to being blackout right. Um, it is just so painful because um, it's a, it's used as a kind of flippant get out of jail free card. Like, oh, I didn't really mean that. You know, I was just drunk. And so I think people have a kind of fundamental recognition that yeah, that wasn't who they really are. Mm-hmm. Um, but we have to ask ourselves, was that was that okay? Um, and the and the answer is no. Um, we're still responsible. We're more responsible because we surrendered that thing that. We surrendered that thing that, that makes, us, makes us different.
1: And I think, you know, abstinence and chastity, which we're going to talk about in a few seconds. I'm giving a little bit of a preview. I'm going to Tarantino this sucker and then and, and <laughs> way away the ending for a few of them. But um, sobriety differs from abstinence and chastity because um, food and sex are natural desires. You know, there there is that natural desire for that. Nobody really has a natural desire for alcohol, and it's a, it's a very intentional choice. It's to engage in. It's a great pleasure, like it's it's an intentional one that is is very pleasurable and good. But there's not a natural desire to drink alcohol.
0: Yeah one yeah. um one comment as we kind of wrap up on sobriety. Um, for it's important to note, of course, for Aquinas, sobriety doesn't mean. Um, not having any alcohol, although some Christians are called to that. Um, you know, there's a beautiful movement that the Jesuit fathers started that spread throughout Ireland. Um, that's a temperance society. Um, a mm-hmm. lot of times, you know, uh, unfortunately, the word temperance in these in this context a lot of times means not ever having any alcohol ever, and that's not what we mean. That's not the classical understanding of the virtue of temperance. Um, but there's a uh, there's a society founded by the Jesuit fathers that still uh, very active today called the pioneers and they make a pledge of perpetual perpetual sobriety right um meaning and they understand that to mean that they never have any alcohol they don't they don't drink it um in various times in our lives father joseph anthony and i have done alcohol fasts i did an yeah. alcohol fast in reparation for um uh for uh sins against the life movement um i did a year-long alcohol fast for that um alcohol fast during lent and, and i think it's a uh, here, um, why do I bring that up? Because I, here I think that um, not drinking is a normative part of Christian life as well, right? Like, yeah. so just as, as, just as much as we think, um, like, oh, Catholic, Catholic culture has an understanding of alcohol as being part of the celebratory nature. Yes, I affirm all of that. But, but what I'm suggesting now at this point is, well, what we need to make more normative in our lives are those periods where we're not drinking, like yeah, don't drink during Lent. Don't drink. Um, don't drink as readily during the week during ordinary time. You know, allow, allow your indulgence in alcohol to to kind of mirror the liturgical cycle because it amplifies the celebratory nature of those moments. Um,
1: it's it's true. I mean, I want to throw another quote out there, but uh, Louis of Granada um, talked about how one of the greatest benefact, um, you know, benefactors or not benefactors, but one of the greatest gifts of Uh, these daughter virtues of temperance is it it frees us to be receptive to spiritual goods right so when we when we moderate ourselves and part of moderation is withholding so from whether it's periods of time and not going to excess or whatever but when we withhold ourselves from a physical good it prepares us to receive better spiritual goods
0: yeah amen so here um i mean abstinence as you as you pointed out uh, is the second is the second virtue and it's different from alcohol because uh unlike alcohol we need to live right so that's the distinction that father joseph anthony was making like you have to have you have to have food it's um it's it's a it's there in a natural desire and it's not just a it's not just a thing desired for the sake of indulgence but a thing desired out of necessity to continue carrying on on this side of eternity slavishly until one day we die. Um, <laughs> wow, you, did, that, you did a beautiful job of like painting <laughs> that
1: picture of a physical <laughs> pleasure the, the bright wow. irish sunny side
0: you know listen man food is just dude. boiled po- chickens and potatoes you know that's i what was gonna say you're to so
1: do. irish you're like yeah we just
0: boil the food it's just for um, nutrition deal with it i'm like no boil the boil the food you know eat the outside of the potato it's good for you
1: but you also uh, love uh, yeah. in france
0: which is all about the beauty and delicacy of food, culinary so. culture yeah it's, it's true. very no no, I d- i'm a gourmand it's true so abstinence is that virtue then which governs um in in the language of saint thomas aquinas that is abstinence is a, the allied virtue of temperance which governs our indulgement our, our indulging in food um you know another way abstinence is different from sobriety is that um when you've had too much food right you enter into the food coma um you get the meat you sweats. Do, <laughs> You get the meat That's Well, that's true. But you also don't lose your, you, you also don't lose your faculty of reason. Right. Um, you know, so, uh, so, so the, the consequences of, the consequences of being weak um, when, it, when it comes to abstinence are different than the consequences of being weak when it comes to sobriety. Um, so these are ways, that, these are ways that the virtues, um, these allied virtues differ from each other. Um, why is abstinence, Father Joseph Anthony, do you think, such an important part of Christian life?
1: Um, I, I think it's the important part of Christian life because it reflects the unique nature of who we are as human persons. Um, I kind of mentioned this earlier, is just the ability to be a rational animal um, in the image of God. And so when we talk about abstinence, it's not just about quantity, it's also you know what we're eating. So are we eating healthy or are we eating just a, a life of junk food, you know? Are we, are we eating a very balanced diet or are we unbalanced in, in a real sense? Because that has an effect on our physical health, which is who we are, right? And that also um, affects our spiritual life and our spiritual health as well. So I think there's that kind of understanding that this is important, not just because of the pure physicality of being healthy, but um, there's that integration of the human person that this has a huge effect on.
0: I love that John Mulaney joke uh, about the server coming to the table and the discussion uh, as to whether or not the group is going to get French fries. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Do you want and, some... Do <laughs> <laughs> Millaney's I know you do but Mulaney says something like um well what kind of day do you have you do you know do you want to have do you want to eat french fries and like ha- have a terrible day or do you want to have the salad and like have a good afternoon yeah um the um you know and he's much funnier than that and that's not verbatim what he says by any means but it captures the spirit of the joke right like you know there's 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 some way in which we intentionally know oh yeah if I eat like garbage I'm not going to feel good mm-hmm. um and that's part that's part of cultivating in a small way the virtue of abstinence. I mean, for his part, St. John Cashin, the Desert Father, emphasizes the importance of fasting, um, which is a different thing, right, than just moderating. 100% different. Just just moderating the, the good. So, um, but but for his part, St. John Cashin, I think, had a powerful understanding of what, what fasting does for the spiritual life. And so here I just want to suggest, you know, as we seek to reappropriate the virtue of temperance in our lives, um, not only do we need to think of the ways that we practice sobriety, but, but the ways that we abstain from food. Um, uh, and here I want to press a little bit further than just thinking of, you know, ha- having a balanced and integrated life, but suggest that um, especially if you're struggling um, in other areas of temperance, we're, we're, about to get to, uh, we're about to get to sex, but especially if you're struggling in other areas, fasting from food is a great way to build up the power of the will. And the ability to resist um, any other kind of temptation, frankly, in the spiritual life,
1: hundred percent. Like that, that aspect of continually um, exercising your will, strengthening your will with one of the daughter virtues, will build up your will and confidence in the others. So you know, it it has. It's not as kind of compartmentalized as we're like presenting it. We are integrated human persons, and when we're Strengthening in one area, we're also strengthening in others.
0: Okay, so lastly, let's take a look at here, Father, um, as we as we kind of wrap up this episode. Let's let's take a look at the virtue of chastity, um, this third allied virtue of temperance. And um, w- w- you know, someone asks you, Father, what's chastity? Um, how do you define it?
1: Um, chastity is like in the Catholic understanding is marital relations, the conjugal act with one's lawful spouse that is open to life, right? And if it's anything outside of that, it's not appropriate. It's not according to right reason. And so um, sex isn't just about pleasure. Pleasure is important. Pleasure is part of it, but it's it's not just an act of how to get the most pleasure out of it. It's it's much more kind of dynamic action, and has uh, many facets to it. You know,
0: temperance. Uh, you know, turn back again to our definition, right? Temperance moderates the attraction of the pleasures of the senses. You know, and again, um, we haven't said it, but right, it, it provides balance in the use of created mm-hmm. goods, and so all of this, all of this relies though on. Understanding um, how we were made and how these actions find their right fulfillment. So for the Catholic, um, it's understanding that that sex and the procreative act belong in marriage. That's the yep. only place. You know, mm-hmm. no ifs, and or buts. It's not like another another situation that could happen sometime. You know, positively, um, where where that act could could fulfill its its natural design by God. That's um, just not the case. Uh, but we do know. But we do know that um, we do know that human beings have natural desires for sexual expression. And so there's a virtue here that helps us, that helps us moderate those desires and, and live them, live them truly. Um, one of the things that is often discussed, you know, as soon as chastity is mentioned, right. You, you maybe you're thinking of like a talk you had to sit there in high school um, where, where you, where you hear the chastity speaker also talk about purity and modesty and um, these are things connected to to chastity and father joseph anthony you brought them up in the pre-show um so so what what kinds of distinctions would you make there between purity and modesty and what yeah. what would you say about them interacting with chastity
1: well chastity is about like sexual actions it's ex- it's external right so when we're talking about moderating we're actually talking about the sexual expression and actions these external things engagement in sexual relations um, whereas purity is about kind of internal, it's how one um, views and is this kind of internal purity of attractions towards another person, whether they're acting on it or not. It's it's that kind of purity on the interior. Um, and then modesty is, uh, you know, this is something that Aquinas, even you know, hundreds of years ago, was deeply uh, attentive to, is how one dresses can help stimulate sexual attraction either in oneself or, or another person. And so, you know, clothing uh, yourself in proper ways at proper times is part of a virtue of modesty to not, um, you know, assist in arousal for oneself or for another. And so those virtues are all kind of um, parts and in, in they play together together uh, to make up that kind of virtue of chastity, but we can think about chastity as this external uh, sexual expression, purity as the internal, and the modesty and how you present yourself uh, with respect to
0: that. I promised a deep dive into temperance, and now here we are looking at the allied virtues of the allied virtue of temperance, right? so we're so we're way deep in here talking about talking about purity, and modesty, and how and how they help us live chastely. Um, and it's true, right? To recognize that, um, that that one day we don't wake up a saint, but that that there are many parts, many virtues that that comprise the spiritual life. Some of them are more important than others, right? Temperance is a key; it's a cardinal virtue um, because of because of the central role it has in Christian life. But but purity and um, purity and modesty help build up help build up the kinds of aids um, that allow one to live chastely. Um, Purity is an input-output game, right? Uh, what we're mm-hmm. considering, um, what, what what we take in affects affects who we are on the inside and and what comes out of us. Um. So so if we're not uh, if we're not pure in speech, well, well, what are you watching? What are you listening to? Um. If if we're not if we're not pure in thought, again, like what what are you looking at? Um what 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 do you what are you watching how how are you among your friends do you make do you make jokes like this all the time i mean we we have to intentionally cultivate a mindset that is pure that strives for that for that clean heart um that's so wonderfully spoken of by the scriptures that's such an integral part of a christian life and this created me a clean heart heart yeah exactly
1: but i think Uh, you i mean you That phrase that you just used where you said it's an input-output game, like for all of these daughter virtues of temperance, it's input-output. You know, what are you eating? You know, what are you putting in your body? How much are you drinking? What are you viewing? Is it um, sexually explicit? You know, those types of things have an effect on our ability to be free and have our will kind of like you mentioned a quote from the catechism earlier, have the will master our instincts it's the you know this virtue of temperance is about the will's mastery over these instincts not suppression not annihilation of these instincts but being the master of them so that we are enjoying these pleasures at the proper time with the proper people in the proper ways
0: Um, amen no um so that that kind of that that leads us to a to a great point um you know, again, just to recapitulate and, and uh, leave our conversation here today. The Catechism says that te- uh, temperance ensures the will's mastery over our instincts and keeps desires within the limits of what is honorable. Ensures the desires over our instincts and keeps des- keeps desires um, within the limits of what is honorable. And, and and that's really what we're what we're looking for to be um, to to be full. Fully alive to be Mm -hmm. free, um, to to really to really live a vibrant life of Christian freedom. To um, to be able to be able to engage with our faith in a meaningful and contemporary way. Um, We have to we have to be challenged to 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 be countercultural. To reappropriate these virtues. To find a way to live them in our lives uh, that is that is meaningful and that is a sign of the kingdom. So let's let's pray for an outpouring of God's grace to strengthen us um, to give us everything that we need to to be a tempered people. Um, let us commit ourselves to building up sobriety, abstinence, and chastity in our lives, and so as to be clear, signs of the kingdom. Amen. Amen. Well, thanks for listening to God's Um, You know, please, if you like what you're hearing, share the episode. We love our reviews. Um, you know, so far, a bunch of the reviews talk about Father Gregory, which is fine. I mean, Father Joseph, you and I, mean, I talk about father Gregory a lot too, you know, it's yeah, okay. It's okay. okay. Entire, we get it. Uh, yeah. Um, you know, he's wonderful. He's brilliant. We love him. Uh, he's groovy. But please give us a, re- <laughs> groovy dig. Uh, <laughs> please give us, a, please give us a review, you know, an Apple or Google has a new podcast app. Um, please give us reviews that helps people find us um, and uh, share our stuff on social media. Um, until next time, God bless. Thanks for listening to God's Planning, a work of the Dominican Friars of the Province of St. Joseph. Visit us at opeast.org.